Oh, Alice Robertson. <laughs> Or I wouldn't say Robertson. Oh, you right. That sound kind of black. <laughs> no, it could be. It could be. It could be. Alice Smith. It was Alice Smith. Exactly. That's black too. But I'm just saying. <laughs> as I'm joking. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Elise Real. And I'm Isha Bell. And this is Full Time Black Woman, a community for black professional women to live, laugh, grow, and feel the soul. So what are we talking about today, Elise? Today's topic is the state of full-time black women in corporate America part two. Two, two, two. Yeah, that, that echo was deserved right there. That was it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Cause it's a lot. It's deep. It is. It needs to have an echo. You're right. You're right. And for those who have not listened to part one, please do yourself a favor. Go back. And listen to the prior episode, get your fix, understand where we're coming from, know that you may or may not be triggered, and um, then come back here and and join the conversation one more time. So last week, we discussed 2020 McKinsey and Companies, the state of of the Black Women in Corporate America report. The first part of this series was focused on the factors that full-time Black women are up against in corporate America. And today, we're going to continue the converse, uh, the conversation. The con- I heard nothing wrong. It's okay. You can, because it was wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to continue the conversation today, discussing what companies need to do to alleviate the unnecessary stress of the full-time Black woman. We hope that some companies out there happen to come across this pod and listen to it and take it into consideration wholeheartedly because some of these places out here need some help. and uh, But they don't know they need help or if they do need help, they're looking in the wrong places. Yes. And I'm so glad that McKinsey and Company, because you know this is leaning.org and mm-hmm. you know they had some controversy yeah. for a while because a lot of their reports were catered towards white women yep. not taken to that aspect of what we're going to discuss intersectionality for a lot of people in particular black women mm-hmm. um and they got a lot of pushback but the listen the fact is that they listened and they went ahead and decided to give some type of allocation of resources towards getting the black woman perspective and how we're being treated in corporate America. So big ups to McKinsey and company and lean or for really listening and making it happen. Yes. And not just talking about yes. it. Yes. And clap it up for them. Cause they, they out here doing something in comparison exactly. to some folks. So we appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. So let's help these companies tap into the talent right in front of their biased little eyes and um, get into the topic of the day. But before we do, we're going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. (laughs) Elise, guess what I was just laughing about? What? I mean, you know, there's a lot of things going on in this tent at once. But one thing I was cracking up about is the fact that we actually did it. We actually started a podcast. I know. That is some crazy mess. It went from just a random conversation to an actual thing. Exactly. And we are about to publish our 100th episode. But we couldn't have done that without 
Buzzsprout. I mean, without Buzzsprout, I'm pretty sure this role would have been a very difficult one. But because we had Buzzsprout, we were able to not only get the things that we needed to get ourselves started, but also to get our show listed on every major podcast platform. So people like you, our listeners, could be a part of our lives, whether you like it or not. Absolutely. Whether you came from Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever the place may be, you hear our voices and our message and we love it. The great thing about Buzzsprout is they are always there for you. You will get a great looking podcast website, audio players you can put into your own website and detail analytics so you can see where all of your listeners are because we see y'all. We know where y'all at, at least the state. We don't know where your house is at and we don't want to visit neither because you know, distance. But um, <laughs> but yes, get yourself a spot on Buzzsprout and when you do, let them know that we sent you by clicking on the link in the show notes fulltimeblackwomen.com forward slash Buzzsprout forward slash and you will get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. Yes, believe me, podcasting really isn't hard when you have the great partners such as Buzzsprout. We, like Elise said, it went from a conversation, a thought a conversation and all of a sudden look at us I can't believe it is really truly something that we needed in our lives and if you yourself were looking for something just to get that message out to the world go ahead start with some gear that you already have in a quiet space and make sure that you yourself become a partner with Buzzsprout and go ahead and click on that link fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Buzzsprout forward slash join us come on unless you want me to find where you live I'm joking <laughs> am I but go ahead fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash buzzsprout forward slash we'll be waiting we'll <laughs> okay we are back but we can go ahead and get started with those stats for that ass hey stats for that ass hey, we hey, bringing hey, you the facts with some stats for that ass what is intersectionality? Mm-hmm. Law professor Kimberly Crenshaw coined the term intersectionality in 1989 to describe how overlapping and intersecting identities evoked distinct forms of discrimination. For example, Black women are discriminated against both because they are women and because they are Black. The combined effects of this double discrimination can be greater than the sum of its parts. Imagine the compounded effect of being Black, Muslim, an immigrant, and a woman. Mm. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's, I, that's a lot. That's a lot for some people to take in who are very used to what they know. If all they know is cornbread fed. Red blooded Americans. Right? If that's all they know, then all of those different acts, they can only accept one at a time. Like either you just a woman, you just black, you just Muslim, you just immigrant. The fact that you are all four is beyond the scope of what they can handle. So. And even for the person who are those types of things who have to deal with intersectionality, it's a matter of how many others can I bear? Mm -hmm. Because you have to carry them with you everywhere you go. You can't 
hide them. You can't pull them out. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, like they spades. Like, no, like you have, you're carrying them before people even get to know you, yep. before they even see you. But it's just a lot. But if you want to have more, um, find out more about, you know, intersectionality and how it pertains to full-time Black women, go ahead and check out our past episodes, The Dilemma Part 1 and 2, which are episodes 62 and 63, where Elise and I get a little bit deeper on topic and talk about our personal experiences of feeling as if we have to choose between Team Black or Team Woman. Mm. So... That was a good. That was that was a you good. For, you episode. forgot about that I one. Did sure you? Did. Like, oh. We talked about that. Yes, that I remember it now, and all the emotions of that day uh, came back up. But those were that was that was good conversation there. That was a good conversation. It was so, so good. We like we got to break this up into two because mm-hmm. this this is a lot. It was and a there's lot. so much more we can speak on it. Yes. Yes. So without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation at hand. There's a lot of information. We want to make sure we give the time necessary to it. So what do companies need to do to help black women in corporate America? Number one, they need to commit to making black women's advancement a business priority because there's a lot of companies that don't. They don't care. Mm-mm. That's not the top priority. The top priority is less advanced Jeff. Because Jeff looks like mm-hmm. me. Jeff is me and me is Jeff. Like that's that's the the the, the mantra, basically. So many corporate diversity efforts focus on either gender or race, but very few focus on gender and race combined, which is most often where the black woman gets left out some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Only 7% of companies set representation targets for gender and race. And to me, I'm shocked that it's even some targets out there, to be very honest. Mm. But uh, I'm I'm glad to see that because that gives us a chance, which means too many companies aren't setting specific goals around advancing Black women, which is why a lot of us get left behind. So that means Black women and other women of color who face a uniquely challenging combination of sexism and racism are often overlooked. And we've talked about this several times and that's our mm-hmm. own personal experiences. And some of you out there listening right now probably could attest to this as well, as well where we often get overlooked past, passed by, or just aren't even seen because we are black or because we are woman or most oftentimes because we are both, or even the circumstances where you may just not fit the norm. No, thank you. That word in any way, shape or form. So, um, it's not that I don't like you. I think that you're great. I think that you're qualified. It's just, I don't know if April will be accepting of something that is so against what they're used to. I'm sorry. I'm not going to say that to her. I'm just going to say, I don't know if it's a cultural fit. You know, it's the I'm gonna say that it's one. the fit for me, that part. Yeah. Hate it. Yeah. Hate it so much. Um, and they probably want to say culture fit. They'll just say, I don't know if the person's a fit yep. for that's how it. You, yep. You know? That's that is the coded language for Cultural all of that. Fit. Yep, right there. Mm-hmm. It's always about fit. And my thing is, how do you know if it's going to be a fit if you haven't even tried it? If you didn't even put the shoe on. How you know it's not if it's in your size, if it's got all the qualifications of everything that you was looking for and it fits the design and it matches all the clothes and everything. How you know 
it's not a good fit if you don't try. So because but, I know what I have used in the past and that has worked. So why why fix it if it ain't broke? <laughs> I I guess I guess. So companies need to let everyone everyone know the company will be prioritizing black women's advancement and explaining why. Uh, first reason, because it's the right thing to do. Hello. Like, what? right. It shouldn't even be a question. We shouldn't even be having that discussion because it should be already done. But the fact that it's not, is just the right thing to do. Like, why wouldn't you give black women equal opportunity? I mean, you say that to an equal opportunity employer, but if you're not giving the advancement opportunities to black women, then are you really equal? Or is it just for show? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then number two, research shows diverse companies are more innovative and more profitable. And we have talked about this in the last episode, as well as other previous episodes, where the more just clearly the more um, different perspectives that are at the table, the more different experiences and backgrounds that have the ability to pull from their knowledge base. Basically, it just enhances the overall outcome of whatever it is that you're trying to work towards, the problem you're trying Mm -hmm. to solve. If you have five hot-blooded white men in a room, they can only give perspective from a hot-blooded, red-blooded white man. But does that solve that? If they're trying to come up with a tampon commercial, are they really going to be able to relate? I don't think so. I just, I don't. I don't, you know. And they're my, I can do anything. It's my birthright. So, yeah, I can do something like that. And you're going to be so, so wrong. Mm-hmm. You need to have the perspective of everyone because, as you said, it gives you more of a well-rounded response to what possibly could happen, what could be offensive to certain groups because you have representatives there mm-hmm. who are welcome and feel included enough to be able to speak out and not feel like they're going to get pushed back or be ganged upon because they're an only or one of a few others. Yes. You know, like that's why it needs to be a real diverse group of people. But one thing you did mention, Elise, that I wanted to speak on, you said companies need to let everyone know the company will be prioritizing black women's advancement. The uproar that would come from that if that went out in the company email at my place of business. Oh, this is discrimination. This is reverse racism. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? So basically you tell me because I was born a white male that all of a sudden I have a disadvantage put against me. This doesn't compute to me. Compute, compute. Mm-hmm. Mouth and mouth boom. Right. Mind blown. I I could only matter. I could only wonder. It's going to be like, well, black woman employees matter. All employees matter. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I know. It would be nuts. Boycotts. It would be mm-hmm. so nuts. And and I, I I am sure someone would say, like you said, that they're now at a disadvantage. Like, and to me, like that's that's the problem. Like you. So competition is a disadvantage. Is that what you're saying? Like you don't want the best of the best in the pot of picking because it now makes you have to prove that you actually are qualified to be here as opposed to just, just, you know, I'm just deserving because I'm entitled. Like I have been entitled for so long. So why are we changing that now? 
Like the that, level of intimidation and just not be able to understand that now you actually have to work. It is not based on your parts or your paint job. That will drive some people nuts. Mm-hmm. And frankly, if something like this did happen in the office and with everything that's going on in the world, I'm thankful I work from home. Right? <laughs> people would lose their damn mind yes. and start some crazy stuff off in the office because you are going against their birthright mm-hmm. and what they are and what they stand for. If you're going to give the person who should be at the bottom a lift up. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. There has to be tears here. Mm-hmm. So basically you are saying that you do believe there is a system in place that you're benefiting from. And if somebody shakes that system that you have been saying, I don't see color. No, everybody has a right opportunity to pull themselves up for their own bootstraps. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Which no one really did. No one pulled themselves up to bootstraps. Somebody uplifted them who had the power to do so. But only for people who look like me. Mm -hmm. That means they pulled themselves up to bootstraps. Everybody else, that's a handout. Ooh, I can only imagine. I know. It'll be crazy. All right. So what else can companies do to help Black women in corporate America? Which a lot of us are the majority of the ones working in corporate America. You just don't think so because we're not the face of Mm -hmm. corporate America. It's... Focus on building the bridge. When the report mentioned building the bridge, they talked about mentorship, sponsorship, um, professional development opportunities to have a big impact on us full-time Black women's advancement and experiences at work. You can't really sit up here and say, we're going to give this person a promotion, but you're hanging them out to the dry. Like you're basically telling them to sink or swim. They need help from people who have experiences in those particular roles or at that level to help them be able to succeed. If not, you're just setting them up for the antidote to just tell people so people can say, see, told you. Mm -hmm. That's why they wanted wanted this big management title and everything else. Get up there and look, everything has gone downhill. Well, I'm pretty sure if Jeff was put in to this position and he will have a full support team there to help him out as well as another part of building the bridge is companies need to hold leaders and managers accountable for meeting diversity goals Mm. most companies don't even have diversity goals in place when you incorporate these goals into the management expectations and performance reviews it actually increases the likelihood of people who do not look like the norm to get these places the only thing i worry about is these diversity goals is i don't want to say affirmative action works i don't mm-hmm. i'm not one of those black people to argue affirmative action doesn't do anything but set you up and Mm-mm. Shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. Okay. I don't right. want to hear this shit. Exactly. All right. It basically is affirmative action. It's giving a certain amount of people who are disproportionate an opportunity to take on additional titles and resources so that they can advance not only their career, but also others like them. Um, only thing I worry is that they're just throwing any old body in there if they're going to be incentivized to do it. Yes. And then it's just going to go against the whole entire program. And like I said, you're going to throw somebody in there, but you're not giving them a life raft at the same right. time. That's right. not fair. No, I totally agree with that. Um, I, in the back of my mind, when certain opportunities come of become available, and I know part of this is just, I guess, the cynic, the critic, the, the, uh, no longer optimistic, the jaded, 
the bitter person in me. The little, the little bit mm-hmm. that's still bitter is like a little toxic. You ain't toxic. toxic. You just kind of, kind of, you kind of toxic. Yeah, kind of. You ain't ick. You ain't ick yet. You ain't ick yet. Yeah, yeah. So there's a part of me that's like, you know what? That's probably a setup. Like that's probably a fall guy. That's probably you know the dump where we dump all of the stuff that is nobody else won't right nobody else <laughs> want but it's still considered management kind of work but you know yeah. nobody else wants to do it so we'll dump it here or we'll dump all the problems here not necessarily the opportunities and projects that might elevate the position but just the problems that need to be solved that we don't want to deal with kind of thing um so i i, I guess i i see that as the Unfortunately, I, I sometimes see that as what the goal is of some of these positions that get thrown mm-hmm. out that they try to put black people in and black women in um, as a cleanup woman. But the- I was about to, you know, I was about to say it. <laughs> you saw it in my eyes. You know, I was about to clean a woman. Yes, the bars were mm-hmm. dropping. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, the last thing we need in addition to those cleanup women positions is like you were saying, just throwing any, and any old body in there and kind of perpetuating the cycle that you see, see, this is why we don't like having black people in because they can't do what needs to be done. Even though we put an unqualified person in there and it is our fault that we didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. prepare this person and help this person. But this is why we don't want to hire black people because they can't do the job. Like you, you set this up. Yeah. Even though you're you're meeting the the requirement of having a goal, and you responded by putting someone in to meet the goal, you put someone in who didn't meet any of the qualifications for this position and was unprepared, and there, and you're just going to use that as additional resources and backup to support why you have a bias and why you have um, disgust for hiring black people. But look, remember the CEO of Wells Fargo came on and said, <sighs> we would hire black people, but it's just that none, there were no new qualified black people to fill these positions. That part. What? Maybe because we know the CEO of that company is racist. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason why people aren't applying for those positions. And the thing is, they are qualified. It's just that they don't get past the next step. Mm-hmm. The bias in hiring and promotions. I like that little segue. You you drifted me right on into that. So the next thing that companies need to do to help black women in corporate America. Thank you again for that transition because it was excellent. Is address the bias. <laughs> address the bias in hiring and promotions. There is so much bias in this area. So, so much. That includes assembling diverse candidate slates, which is uh, including two or more candidates from any underrepresented group. Research shows that when only one woman or one black person is included in a slate of finalists, there is statistically, I don't know about that word, (laughs) there is statistically zero chance they will be hired. But when two such candidates are included, 
the chance that one of them will be hired rises dramatically. And that makes sense because there's bias. Like crazy. That is crazy. It is crazy. But I mean, I think it's more crazy to though to I don't know. It's it's crazy all the way around, but just the fact that it's not surprising to me. Like if a black person is up against a white woman, then the white woman is getting the job. Like I'm just because the bias is there. It shouldn't be, but it is because that's typically if you have what fits two black people, two black women, one of them will get it. Like, yeah, it ma- but it makes sense. But just think about that. Just think about that. If we have three people at a job interview, a white man, a white woman and a black woman, the black woman is automatically not even seen as a potential candidate. Yep. She just so happened to slip through because her name was some plain Jane Alice. or something like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't an Isha baby. Name. It was, okay. it was so. Alice Robertson. <laughs> or I wouldn't even say Robertson. Oh, you're right. That sounds kind of black. <laughs> no, it could be. Uh, it could be. It could it be. be. Alice Smith. It was Alice Smith. Exactly. That's black too. But I'm just saying, <laughs> so I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm talking about uh, Alice McCannahan. Mm, you know, there you like, go. Yep. that's Irish. Yes. So something like that, whatever. And then, okay, ooh, you sure that's your name? Right. <laughs> yeah, and the people, that's the people who own my people. So anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> way to start an interview, right? <laughs> I don't want to deal with her. She's controversial. <laughs> but like, if you have a white man, a white woman, and a black woman all interviewing for the same position, automatically the black woman is cut yes. from being a potential candidate. Yes. But if you have a white man, a black woman, and a black man, now all of a sudden you can look at him equally. Mm-hmm. As a, what? yeah, because yeah. that's that's nuts to me. It is nuts, but it's like you. Then it comes down to the hiring person trying to pick the lesser of two evils, because mm. it's like. <laughs> Terrible. Lesser of two evils. Yep. Oh my god! That's, that's the way I, I feel like. That's that's the the mindset. It's the lesser of two two evils. So if all three candidates, a white man, a black woman, and a black man, are equally qualified, they have the same education, same experiences, all of that. They bring the best of the best to the table. If if they have to choose for fit, because we know that that's typically a part of the the idea, the lesser of two evils between a black man and a white, I mean, a white man and a black woman is kind of, that's the argument. It's like, well, do we want somebody who's going to cause less waves? Do we want to fill a quota? Do we want to fill a double quota and have a black, a black woman in the mix? It's like, do we want somebody we could pay less? We can keep more of our money. There you go. All of that. We get more work done for less money. I mean, it's about one, get one. Right. <laughs> exactly. Do we go? Do we want to um do we want to go through the hassle of negotiations when we know that probably a black man and a black woman are just gonna take what we give them? Or more so the woman than the man. Right. Yeah. Uh, or we can at least start out lower. And then get to where we planned to get to. Whereas with the white man, we'd probably have to go above and beyond where we wanted to go. Like the lesser of 
the evils, basically. Mm. It's, it's, it depends on the company's, um, tr- it depends on the company's perspective, like what they need at the time. Well, in a nutshell, that is some stats for that ass. Yes. Yes, it is. If you haven't noticed already, the stats that we have gone over in past shows supports that entire statement that Alicia just made. And if you are new to full-time Black women, close your mouth. Go ahead. Close it. I know. (laughs) No, no, no. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Now, if you or somebody been rocking with us for a while, if you're somebody been rocking with us since the get-go, you know what it is. You probably feel like, "Mm mm-hmm, them lips tooted up. Yup. (laughs) Yup. Eyes closed. Rolling your eyes and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Giving her the church amen and all that. Yes. Uh, We understand, but it is what it is, but hopefully, as Lisa mentioned in the uh, top of the show go ahead and hopefully share this somehow with someone who needs to hear particularly somebody in HR particularly somebody who works at a company who can make some changes so they can figure out how to help out us full-time black women how you can help us out as full-time black women go ahead and write in us a review wherever you are listening to our podcast please 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 rate <laughs> And subscribe <laughs> to Full Time Black Woman's podcast. Absolutely. And if you want to contribute to the conversation, feel free to email us, contact at fulltimeblackwoman.com or hit us up in the DMs, Full Time Black Woman on Facebook and Instagram, and FT Black Woman on Twitter. So, more ways that we can address the bias in hiring and promotion is by providing bias training for evaluators. I am sick and tired of companies or people in general being like, why we need bias training? Why we need, because you bias. Like you, you are in, <laughs> you, you bias. Like why you're are you? are biased against bias training. Right. I mean, you're biased about bias training. Why? So hello. Why are we arguing this? Like it's, it's common sense. Everybody has some type of bias. So why not be trained on it to at least recognize it and know nobody wants to take accountability. That's, that's what I'm, mm-hmm. I'm coming to. So um, another is by establishing clear and specific review criteria. So reviewers are less likely to rely on their subjective feelings. So only 19% of companies require bias training for employees involved in hiring and a mere 4% require training for employees involved in performance reviews. Now this is a problem. And I, I, we, we shouldn't have to really explain why it's a problem, but we're gonna. So it's a problem that companies don't require bias training for employees involved in hiring because the hiring process and bias starts from the very moment the resume comes in. It's the name. It's the place of education. It's the, the email address. It's the the zip code in which they live. It's references, all of that. But your name can stop you from being even looked at for a position at some companies. And if, mm-hmm. if there's no process in place to eliminate at least that, then there's bias in the hiring practice. Like there's, there's no way around it. If you, if you can't even agree 
that, you know what, let's just not look at the names. Like, let's block that part out of the resume. Look, just at the qualifications and experiences. And that. Oh, oh, come on. I don't know why we have to do that. that there's no reason to change. This is the way we've always done it. Let's just continue to do it. Why does it matter? No one's looking at the name. Everybody's just looking at their education and their experiences. I don't know what you guys are. That's all I look at. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> right. That's the first, that's the top of the thing. That's at the top of the resume is the name. Yeah. It's the name. And also, they also tell you, do not put your address on there either. There's bias there. But people yes. Google you and find out what type of neighborhood you live in. If it's a high crime neighborhood or whatever, people aren't going to hire you. No longer put your address on there. Just put your name, your number, and your email address. That's it. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Remember back in the day, you used to put your address on there? Yes, I remember. Now I think about it. That was crazy, it too. Was why, was, why were we doing it? I have no idea. Some Somewhere. That was the norm. That was the norm. Somewhere along the line, somebody taught us that's what we were supposed to do, but that was only a white man's practice, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Um, the, the bias training is necessary. I, I think uh, a lot of companies don't understand the the necessity of that just in general across the board but performance reviews are also important to have bias training because that impacts the current employee's livelihood if there's no bias training in in that regard then you're allowing someone's subjective feelings to have an impact on how they yep. rate review this person's work and that can't be the no, case. No, they're not rate reviewing just their work. Like you said, they're rate reviewing that person as a whole, what they right. stand for. Yes. The work is secondary, tertiary, like they're not thinking about that. They just think about that particular person. What is in front of them? Right. Right. And the last thing you want is to be working, busting your ass and somebody's like, mm, their hair is distracting. We're not going to mm-hmm. advance them. I don't like how they say, uh, certain words um, or don't say certain words. So not advancing them. Or, you know what? I don't think they're really, you know, pretty privileged. Mm. Like that is a thing too. Yes. And as a black woman, wouldn't have we ever been a standard of beauty? So that's another reason why it's not advancement. It's like, uh, I mean, they'll look at you. They'll uh, lust after you. Yes. But as necessarily mean that they could respect you and look at you other than that. Yes, absolutely. So bias training must have. And then like a, like I mentioned before, just specific review criteria, that's important. Like if you don't have a standard, then you the wild, wild west, wild, wild west out here. So companies mm-hmm. should anonymize, like we talked about, remove the name from resumes and skills assessments as much as possible. So if you can remove the res- the the name from the resume, the address from the resume, if you can remove, um, maybe to a certain extent, the the place where they were educated, maybe to a certain extent. Mm, yeah, no, that creates bias too. If you see somebody from Harvard versus you see somebody with ICDC, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't geez. see those commercials anymore. What happens? ICDC no longer around? I don't Pretty know. All the time. ICDC, Romeo be on there. ICDC. I, I, don't, like, I don't think they're around anymore. I think a lot of those places are, what is it? Defunct? Obsolete. Obsolete. Yeah, they're not They're not around anymore. Um, huh. Some are. Remember the one guy? 
What you doing? Nothing right now. Get up. Get off the couch. Yes. You need to, you remember that black yes. guy? Everest. Everest yes. Institute. Yes. You could be out here learning the world. You could oh, be well, out here. Guys. You could be out here. You could be out here. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> what you doing? You uh, you no. sit on the couch? You ain't doing nothing? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. That's hilarious. 18 months, you could be a doctor. <laughs> Not a doctor. <laughs> but yes, to a certain extent, maybe uh, remove the education and just stick to the qualification skills and all of that. But making that anonymous does give black women a leg up. It makes the playing field equal. It gives us a chance basically. So Mm -hmm. essentially in the early stages of the hiring process, this would be necessary. In one study replacing a stereotypically black sounding name, with a stereotypically white sounding name on a candidate's resume resulted in 50% more callbacks. Shameful. The equivalent of adding mm. eight years of work experience. Eight. Mind. So much. So much. I mean, and we like, there's no denying this. Like there's no, there were like the, the news article and, uh, segment that went out with the black people who were trying to was it sell or buy the home? I think they were trying to sell, sell, sell the home. Yes, and once mm-hmm. they had you know the white neighbor friends step in, the appraisal skyrocketed. All their pictures, yes, yep. like five hundred thousand dollars, something like that, or two hundred, something crazy. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. So it's not just at work; it's everywhere. The bias exists. Like I don't understand. There's no, there's no way of, around. Like you can't sugarcoat that any kind of way. There's no way to explain that other than there is bias. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fix it, fix it. That's all I got to say. But hopefully it can start fixing it during this commercial break. <laughs> we'll be back with a couple more points of the 2020 McKinsey and Company uh, Black State of the Black Woman in the Corporate America Report. You know what, Isha? You know what's getting old? What? This me? pandemic. Please don't say it's me. I was going to say this okay. pandemic. <laughs> okay, thank you. No, you are not getting old. You are not. You are not. You look great. You look fantastic. Ooh. So I wouldn't even, I ain't even worried. Um, but yeah, this <laughs> pandemic and social distancing and all these things, it is great for us all to be socially distanced. But man, I'm all sick of being in this house. However, you know what's not getting old? Using this Instacart. What? Using this Instacart. That will never you get better old. use it. <laughs> yeah, you better use the Instacart because with Instacart, not only can you save money, but you ain't got to leave the house to get your food delivered to you. Look, during this pandemic, they talk about people did that pandemic team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did a little bit something like that, a little bit more, but then again, I did have a human being inside me. There you go. But- <laughs> 
when you at home and you are just stuck in one spot and you're not really going out and about, it's easy to go ahead and be snacking on a t- on ten. All right, and if you want to have something good to snack on, go ahead and just use that link that we have in our show notes: fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Instacart forward slash. With this link, you will be able to get a, a free delivery for your first order over thirty five dollars. And believe me, what inflation right now, you ain't about to be buying hardly nothing. And you're going to get that free delivery. Right. So, you know, it's football season, too. So you need all of the the snacks, all of the chips, all of the chicken. Get you some some eggs so you can make deviled eggs if you like that kind of thing. Look, you know, and they don't break your eggs. They, too. Sure they don't, don't break your eggs. They, are they shop just like you would shop for yourself. That's right. So you can get your little carrots and celery sticks and have your little buffalo wings and things. And you can get all of that all of your favorites on a single order all the products you love from your local stores everything hand selected by the shoppers taken with great care taken with great seriousness because your order is like their order they make it right for you so go ahead mm-hmm. let them know that we sent you click the link in the show notes fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash instacart forward slash to get your free delivery on your first order over $35 yeah, when you use our link fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Instacart forward slash, you're helping out our show, but most importantly, you're helping out yourself by getting something fresh and something good for your tummy. <laughs> All right. So what else can companies do to make it a lot better for us full-time black women in corporate America? You need to create an inclusive, inclusive workplace. Mm. Okay, you can't just have this workplace and say, let them fend for themselves and we'll get great results. No, it needs to be put in place in writing in the culture of the company that everyone is included, everyone is welcomed, and it needs to be taken seriously. So we don't have situations where people feel unsafe. It's not a safe space for me. Um, Develop clear, specific conduct guidelines, you know, to be treated seriously. I mean, these guidelines must be supported by a clear reporting process and swift consequences to anyone who goes against them. So many times people are afraid, especially others are afraid to stand up because they feel like they'll be standing on their own. There is a matter of retaliation occurring if they do stand up for something that is right or go against something that was wrong. Um, Also, as Elise mentioned, this is their livelihood. If you're in a place and environment where bias is just free to roam and like you said, the wild, wild west, why would I come to a gunfight with a knife? Mm-hmm. You know, like, why would I put myself out there when I know this isn't a safe space for me? And truly, how can I be my best in my career? But I'm fighting all this other unnecessary bullshit. But if I'm in an inclusive workplace where you are allowed to bring your full stuff and there is nothing wrong with that, it is actually encouraged for you to do that. And if anyone has anything to say about that, then we're going to handle them accordingly because we don't deal with that bullshit here. Mm-hmm. Then I will feel safe there. And not only I will actually recruit my other full time black women to come and bring their skills here because this is a great place to work 
You know, it's not just somewhere to get a paycheck. This is a great place to work and expand and advance your career. Mm-hmm. You need to, these companies need to provide comprehensive allyship and anti-racism training. Now, just the thought of people doing anti-racism training at my current place of work. Ooh, I know that's going to be a water cooler conversation right there. Right. Okay, after shooter training, all right. Okay. Uh, what's the other one? Ethics training. Okay. Uh, it's another one we have to do every year. Compliance. Yes, yes. Compliance training. All right. But anti-racism. Oh my gosh. This goes against our whatever number amendment it is. There's something in there that I can use in my argument right. to make me sound like I know what I'm talking about. And I went to law school. Oh, geez. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But this training should address the importance of understanding one's own privilege and taking proactive steps to eliminate bias and be anti-racist. It also emphasized tangible ways that employees can practice allyship, such as speaking out against discrimination, advocating for opportunities for Black women colleagues. Now, I have never seen anything like this in my career. I'm hoping in the future we be better for the other people coming behind us mm-hmm. to have the opportunity to be in workplaces that they actually feel safe, welcome, and um, supported. But I don't know. Do you think this is something we would see? No, no, I don't. Again, maybe, maybe it's the bitter in me, but it's, I really it's, don't. It's, a, it's such a big change. It's, it's such huge. a big change. It's it's a huge, it's, huge change. They're already mm-hmm. arguing whether or not they should teach about the slave trade in school. So what right, is that? Um, Critical race theory. Yes, they are already arguing about that yes. and have a, removing it from curriculums and all of this thing. So yes, I really I have doubts that it's, this a, is, anti, it's, it's reverse racism. Yes, that's why. Yep, I have doubts that anti racism training will will occur in, in some companies during at least during at least during our time. Maybe mm-hmm. I have I have hope. That it will occur in the future, but I'll be honest. I'm I'm a little like I don't think I don't think so. <laughs> Just I don't think so. the The argument there's more arguments against having it than conversations of why it's necessary. Like there's mm-hmm. so much pushback on it, and the idea of they're being biased, the idea that there's even a system in place, the idea that these are that the the what it what is it? The um freaking institutional racism is like a well-oiled machine that mm-hmm. permeates through everything. The fabric. It's, it is well yeah. within the fabric of the US. And mm-hmm. I just ooh, I don't see it coming forward anytime soon. But I would apply any company that is really 
truly try to make oh, this yeah. stuff happen. And as we mentioned before, there are a few mm-hmm. that are doing it, but they're doing it. Yes. You know, so it is possible for them to be the model for others to realize maybe we've been shooting our own selves in the foot for no damn reason. Mm-hmm. Like another way they can make the workplace inclusive is to make the only experience less common for black women. Mm. We all know that only experience. I look around, look around, look around. Ooh, I'm the only fly in the milk. Yep. That's my old country as daddy said. Ooh, <laughs> you fly in the milk. Mm. Yeah, I know how that feel. I know uh-huh. how that feel. Yeah. You know, consider hiring and promoting black women and cohorts or clustering black women together on project teams because they only want to have a few people to be show that it's diverse yep. or you only have one. Let's not put more than one on there because mm-hmm. they tend to talk to each other. Right. But you That's say remote, remote gets what? <laughs> <laughs> um, or um, creating ERGs, employee resource yes. groups um, that are just for a black woman so it can help them feel more supported and less alone. I think ERGs across the board are a great idea. It's yes. nice, especially when you work for a large company mm-hmm. to feel like you're a part of a small, intimate group of people yes. who have similar similarities like you. I don't know if I don't know statistically, you know, how they impact the bottom line, but I can only imagine it has to be in a positive way. Yeah, I I think there is value in having no just knowing that you're not alone, number one, and where we may be speckled throughout (coughs) departments, there being a large group of us that can get together and discuss our shared experiences and how we can help each other advance knowing that our shared experiences are similar, even if they're in different departments, but we can, Mm -hmm. you know, give each other tips and examples of how we can progress. So I think it's, it's a necessary thing, especially like you said, for larger companies to implement. I hope that there are some, I'm sure there are some type of statistics out there somewhere that would support that it's beneficial to, if not the bottom line, then at the very least employee engagement and morale, which in the grand scheme of things would impact the bottom line because if employees are happy, then more likely they're productive and efficient and all of these things like Mm -hmm. this. So, um, so yeah, ERGs I've been at, I don't want at least. Okay. So there was one company that I was at that had ERGs and I was a part of uh, two of them. uh, One as a treasurer and one as just a member. And the events that they held, the, uh, what do you call it? The philanthropy things, the the good things that they did in the community. Charitable events. Thank you, that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the networking that was facilitated was really helpful in me building my career and me building my brand in my career. And those things allowed me to take them forward into a new, a new job, a new company. Now, granted, the new job and new company were a little more, a little slower, a little, a little more behind. Mm-hmm. However, um, I think they might be willing to progress, but they need the conversation to be had. So, um, so yeah, ERGs thoroughly important, I think. Uh, the, did you have something to say? You got the squinty eyes. 
No. Okay. Sorry. You good. So the last and final. All right, tablet. The last and final uh, way that companies need to help Black women in corporate America and what they can do is communicate awareness of events. For a workplace to feel truly inclusive, it's critical that all employees demonstrate awareness of events, such as police brutality and civil social unrest that disproportionately Mm -hmm. impact the Black community. If I have to go into work, if I have to go into the office, or if I have to be on a freaking Zoom call right after a incident of police brutality, an incident of a racially charged uh, event, some type of event that disproportionately impacts our community as being black, as being a black woman, etc. I'm going to feel some type of way. I'm going to have low energy. Yep. I'm not going to be excited. I am going to distracted, be distracted, hypervigilant. Yes. Like, the trauma response will be in full effect. Yeah. I will be fully expected to be chipper, to be present, to be uh, full of ideas, to be willing to take on extra work because the majority of the people in that meeting, in that office, on that Zoom call will not understand how what has happened has severely impacted and touched me in some kind of way. Even if it's not. Because it doesn't impact them. It doesn't right. impact them. So it's like, what? what's wrong with you? The weather, I know it was kind of cloudy yesterday, but I mean. Exactly, right? What? No. So yeah. it's it's this kind of awareness that makes us feel human. Like we get a chance to really feel our feelings and know that they are okay and know that they're respected because everybody wants their feelings respected. So if you are in in this meeting and all of a sudden people are like, well, I don't know why she's so upset. What is wrong with you? You usually so chipper and stuff today. Like, why are you da, 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 da. If you have to sit there and are expected to explain yourself in those cir- circumstances. In which we're not. And we're, we're not, we're not, which we are not doing. Um, you don't feel like how you feel matters. And mm-hmm. even though it's a place of business, even though, you know, it's facts over feelings and stuff like that, your feelings do impact how you do your work, your mental, emotional state of stability have an impact on how you can maneuver and corporate spaces that already have you on high alert. You're already either censoring yourself, not bringing your full self, trying your best to deal with the microaggressions and all the things that are already in place. And then to have some type of traumatic community event happen. Now you're navigating that in this already unsafe space. So the, but like when situations like this happen, I get to communicate awareness of events. But we also, in the same breath, have said, don't come and talk to me about what is going on out there or don't feel the need to come up there and say, what happened to George Floyd? Look, you know, I feel for 
that situation and everything? Or what do we need to do? What can we do as, you know, white people to help out and, you know, like want you to be the representative yeah. or the, the mouthpiece for the entire right. movement or the, your entire race and stuff like that. I'm already depleted and I'm tired. Like the acknowledgement of it, like the a company email coming from the CEO, or whatever. I appreciate that. Yeah. The silence that will drive somebody crazy. It's like, okay, so you don't care at all. Right. That's what you're trying to say that you don't want to upset people who may feel strongly another way versus others. Like, I don't, it's a tricky thing. It, it is, is a tricky thing. There's a fine line between awareness and I guess over patronizing that like, part. I don't yes, know. that's a good word. Patronizing. It's like awareness and being patronizing and being what like performative in how yeah. you address somebody's trauma. So there, this is it's a fine line. It's fine lines between all of it, and it has to be done appropriately. Like nobody wants to be in that state of trauma and then have someone. Oh my gosh! Like, what can I do? How can I help? And what did, do you want me posted on social media? Like, no, bitch. Like, back up. Just give me <laughs> some space and do your own work. Like, like you said, we're not the be be you a one and only, or be you one of few in a department. The few there or the one there do not represent the entire community at large, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And we are not taking on the responsibility of teaching you what it means to be black, how it is to have black feelings, to like be in these white spaces in the midst of black turmoil. Like, no, no. Just awareness is enough. That's it. That's it. That's it. And stop asking black people to be that representative. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. Because now you want me to put on another hat. I ain't got no more room on my head for another hat. Don't. Sure, don't. Oh, good morning to you too. Right. So just create (laughs) create the inclusive environment. That's it. Just just do that. Don't don't ask us Mm -hmm. for no extra stuff. We ain't got time. We ain't got energy. We just trying to live. So let's take this moment and get hashtag Casperish. Um, if you are not aware, hashtag Casper is when we get transparent with our feelings, emotions, and thoughts on the topic at hand. It is coined from Casper the Friendly Ghost. You know, you can see through him. So <laughs> hashtag Casperish. So Isha, are there any points in this report of what companies should do to help the careers of black women you do not agree with? Yep. What's that? Um First, I do not agree with showing your hand to everybody. Companies need to let everyone know the company mm. will be prioritizing Black women's advancement and explaining why. Because I feel like that is going to create a counter reaction to minimize any advancement that a Black woman has done to work on her career mm-hmm. or any advancement that a Black woman who has worked hard in her career received because mm-hmm. it's going to be like that. Oh, she's a part of that program to just trying to make sure Black people are able to, you know, be somebody in life. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get that respect that you so earn if they make an announcement and then all of a sudden you may have had a promotion in play and then six months later you can promote it. Oh, you got, oh, because you, you're in that program. Yeah. I think that's great. That's everybody. No, I'm not in that program. You, you sure you may not know you're in the program, but we all know you're. Pro- right. I don't like that because I feel like that's going to minimize yes. a full time black woman term. Right. 
diminish and minimize how you you work really hard. I also do not agree with the whole incentivize leaders and managers to meet diversity goals. Yes. Because then it becomes a personal, you know, selfish act. I'm just doing this so I can get money. You know, I'm just doing this so I can get more funding for my department or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not truly I'm doing this because like you said before, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I'm just doing it once again to benefit my white ass. Yes. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and I also think it could be set up where we mentioned before, if you do give somebody the opportunity to advance their career, but you don't give them the tools to succeed, then you basically try to <laughs> set it up like, oh, you're just going to have to drown. Right. You know, sink or swim situation. And that's bad enough. We are we are already used to surviving. But can we thrive too? That would can be we, wonderful. Can we, can, we get, can we just thrive sometimes? That would be beautiful. Be you always got to be scratching this somebody. Good Yes. You know, (laughs) a lady want to thrive. I think those are mainly the two points Mm -hmm. that I was just like, "Ah, really? I don't know about that one, but what about you, Elise? Um, What points in this report do you necessarily not agree with as a full-time Black woman? Okay, so I I agree with both of your points. Um, The one about the incentivized, the the hiring practices or whatever, that part also rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Um, Like I mentioned before, just the idea that you would just put somebody in place to be putting somebody in place. That Mm -hmm. irritates me. But also, I am not too hype on the, um, the hiring Black women in cohorts or clustering Black women together on project teams for the same similar reason. Now, I do think there needs to be greater emphasis on making sure that they're not the only one in the experience. But again, similar to the incentivizing, my thought is that this could be a situation where you're going to put people, Black women on project teams that just to have them there, but that may not even want to be on the team that may not, that's not their desire. That's not their drive, but just so that you don't have an only situation, you're forcing people to work on something that Mm -hmm. they have no interest in for the sake of numbers. And to me, like that's a problem Mm -hmm. because now you are damaging the project by having someone who doesn't care about it on it, but you're also, uh, creating stress in the life of the person who doesn't want to be on it where they might be happy just doing what they're doing. So I, yeah. I see that as a possibility of creating issues when they're already hired and just like being on a team. Now, as far as hiring them in clusters, I, I think that's good. I just, um, again, I get worried about you just doing it for the number's sake and not for the quality of the the people. And therefore the end result will be, you'll see, this is why we don't hire black women because they can't do the job. Mm. So I do get a little nervous about that. And then I think that might go, I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. 
Now I'm about to say, I think with the clusters and stuff like that, I think it might go along the fact of when we mentioned with the hiring process, when you have more than one, yeah. then people tend to look at them as their experiences and not just, oh, you're here because they needed somebody to mm-hmm. circle in that bubble, you know, yeah. versus, oh, you all are here. And we also talk about this in part one, you know, when you're the only one of color or the only black person in your workplace you think oh my god did they hire me just because i'm black yes. versus when you see other black women around it's like oh no they hired us because we are experienced mm-hmm. so it gives you a little bit more courage you don't feel alone and you feel that you are able to be an integral part and truly contribute to the project because you kind of have a backup and other people who could see from your perspective don't assume it though right all skin folks ain't careful exactly but still just for the most part you'll be able to truly feel a little bit safer in yes. that space yes. to speak up yes so maybe not so much the hiring part but i still stand by i don't want people to be hired just because of that fact and therefore on the back to be end hired or to be put into on projects to be hired just to fill a just to fill a circle like you know what I mean oh yeah okay, okay. that part like like I said skipping past the qualification and just being like well they fill the circle and then coming back later on and being like you know what this is why we don't hire y'all because y'all not qualified mm-hmm. kind of situation right. but more importantly on the project teams because that's a that can be counterproductive in general um, and then also the so I, I I love the idea of communicating awareness is just how and when it's done. So that's the part that I get a little nervous about. And like we talked about in that in that thing, not everything needs to have a big performance. Not everything mm-hmm. needs to have a big um like to, to do. do yes some of it really is just an email some of it is just acknowledging that it's happened a lot of it is the bias training the people understanding their privilege the people understanding that you know this is not touching them specifically but it's impacting the whole because this group within the whole is impacted mm-hmm. kind of thing so I think a lot of it comes to emotional intelligence in the workplace. And that could be some yeah. kind of, right. That could be some form of training or something, um, but not necessarily, you know, getting into the, oh my gosh, like what can I do? How can I help? And what can I give? And how did it, that part don't need it. I'm sorry. This took me back to one of our earlier jobs. We had EI training. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being that meeting, like, what are we doing? We are wasting time. Like, this doesn't, how is this applying to our job? I was so ignorant then that I didn't grasp on to what they were trying to teach us during that training. Now that I'm older, I was like, oh my goodness, I should have paid more attention to that. And it would have gave me more of a perspective of how to deal with my coworkers mm-hmm. versus just sitting like, eat. E.T.? Like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, I just remember sitting there like, 
I should have got a bigger coffee. That's all I remember saying. Right. And thinking like, I should have got a bigger coffee for this because this is too early in the morning to be talking about some T I E I E T. Underlay, underlay, mama. E I E I E I. What's popping tonight? Obviously, that in this dumb training. That's what's popping. That's what's popping. But I don't know. I'm sorry. When you just said emotional intelligence, it just took me back to that bubble where I was rolling my eyes. That's good, though. That's good. It's like, because I'm sure that's the reaction that most of the folks that need it are going to have. Like, why why are we here? What is this? But it's so important. Like, if you have emotional intelligence, then you can at least empathize with what's happening to Black employees when they're there dealing with things in the Black community. But, again, um, I just... I guess those are the two things like extra that I agree with, but kind of don't agree with just maybe rethink it, you know, Mm -hmm. but anywho, that are, that are Jesus. Those are all of the ways that we recommend that companies can put the effort in to help black women in corporate America We know some of them aren't listening, but we hope they are. If you can, like Isha mentioned earlier in the episode, feel free to pass this on to somebody who is an ally in HR and let them know, like, look, maybe, you know, look at some of these things. And And in the show notes, we'll have the link to the actual report so you could see it yourself and possibly download it. Or if you just want to have a further conversation, make sure that you send us a message on Instagram and Facebook at Full Time Black Woman, on Twitter at FT Black Woman, or as Elise mentioned, send us an email, contact at fulltimeblackwoman.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Yes. And with that... That brings us to the end of another episode. We hope that you had a good time and enjoyed everything. Facts over feelings, feelings and facts that we brought to the table. And remember, we are here for you full time from coffee to wine. And play your power perfectly. Peace. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Full Time Black Woman is created, recorded and produced by Elise Real and Isha Bell. For more opportunities to live, laugh, grow, and fill the soul, be sure to like, review, comment, and subscribe to Full-Time Black Woman wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Help us build this community by sharing with other full-time Black women like yourself. Visit our website at fulltimeblackwoman.com to see what's new or to reach out. If you have questions or want to add to today's topic, send us an email to contact at fulltimeblackwoman.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Full Time Black Woman and on Twitter at FT Black Woman.